ಶ್ರೀಗುರುಭ್ಯೋ So we moved inside because it's a beautiful day but it's cold wind so that'll be a little easier inside we're continuing from last week we we met last week i think last week from the going through the kali puja oh, i need a small kali puja book i think it's on the desk around um um it's these are the main points that are in our, our small simple kali puja but we're going a little more elaborate we're using the large kind of the daily puja here like we do <coughs> and it's not really uh, like we mentioned before not lessons in puja but on how to how to but more like the philosophy and reason background where did, did we finish last week we did i and i yes we did the uh, we we got rid of ghosts we established the water got rid of ghosts and spirits and worshiped the deities of the doorway i think so we Dwara Devata Puja. Small book. Where would it be? So we did in the small book is uh, uh, there's on page ten is Samargya Argastapana establishing the holy waters and Bhutasparana, Bhuta Apasarana the removal of negative spirits. So then it's next is establishing the seat. Yes. So actually so in part of establish Oscar Austin Stapana in the in the little book it's Austin Stapana but we, we, this can be expanded into a couple different practices. One is one is uh Bhumi Shuddhi. And all these things so far the beginning part of the puja primarily is purification. And some of these things seem like 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 um uh, protection but protection is also purification, creating a safe, clean environment. And part of it, you know, we have to be clean. Our clothes have to be clean. the items the uh, ritual should be clean and polished and everything washed all the flowers washed all that type of thing we should also just having bathed wearing fresh ritually pure cloth with um proper uh, holy beads uh, uh holy markings on the different one one uh, we can one day talk about like uh, the uh, uh what is it the uh, tilak and things like that that's a very interesting thing a different we can prepare for that actually part of maybe maybe even next week we can fold that into the booster shoot section perhaps <clears throat> but so also so that's that's uh, so we have to be like physically pure or clean there's also different between clean cleanliness and purity and and different types of purity because cleanliness occurs and within cleanliness there's cleanliness and there's hygiene those are two different things you can have clean people that are hygienic you know uh, uh, and there's different routine and so usually we think of purity to be more of a of a spiritual quality not just cleanliness right and so purity it also what's purity purity could be like 
Oh, he's like having a clean heart and a pure, and pure sentiments, pure devotion, right? Uh, but, uh, but purity in ritual, it means that, but purity in ritual is a, it's a different standard of, it's, I think we one time described it as like, like astral hygiene or something. It's a different type of hygiene, right? Like we wash our hands, so we're clean. That's, I mean, there's nothing more you can do. You, I mean, you can use some antibacterial soap, which is probably not that great for you, but it kills everything, and so you're like clean, right? But it's like, oh, don't touch that. That's for puja. Like, but I'm clean. No, no yeah, you're clean, but you're not. And, and but I'm pure. I'm, I'm pure. No, you're clean and pure, but you're not ritually pure. There's another standard altogether, right? And that's a little hard to understand. It doesn't always make sense. In that um, Death Must Die book by Atmananda, you you've you written that book. You read the book yet? No, not yet. It's spectacular. It's the diary of Atmanand, who was a disciple, a Austrian disciple of Anandamayma. Right, it's very interesting, and she lived as Anandamayma. Ma. I was a an and as a Westerner, or an educated Westerner, a sophisticated person living with Anandamayma. Ma. Anandamay Ma, of course, the highest type of saint possible, right, was the highest type of vision possible. Yet around her was extremely orthodox Bengali Brahmins. And at that time, Bengali, Orthodox Bengali Brahmins were Orthodox Bengali Brahmins. They had a lot of, it was a last uh, hold. And so, and around her, so there was a lot of restrictions. You couldn't touch anything. Only certain people can do this. And, 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 and in one sense, she allowed it. And so did she allow it because, you know, not wanting to change the culture? Or did it have a purpose? Personally, she never told people to do like that. You know, she, any, anybody come to her, she'd initiate, or she wouldn't initiate, but she'd give them full, full authority to, for spiritual practices like that. But in a ritual setting, there's a different set of rules. And the thing that the, 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 around her, there'd be these huge yagyas, these, these Gayatri heavens, and very elaborate, complicated seven-day yagyas and practices. Um, and the belief is that in order for, what they're trying to do is, is not easy. Right, and it has to be done. They're dealing with cosmic, with with deities, right, and cosmic forces. So, and, and 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 that whole science has come down in a certain way, right. And to make it work, it has to be done properly, right. We think, oh no, but but we're all equal, so everybody should be able to do it. We're all equal under the law. We're all equal as our spiritual potential, right. But in a ritual setting, maybe we're not. Maybe maybe something something's not done properly. Maybe it doesn't work, right. So we. But the thing is, we don't believe anything works. It's all symbolic. Right, we're worshiping. We go, wow, what a powerful heaven! I really felt something. It's not meant for your feeling. It's meant to 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 please devatas, to to bring rain and prosperity. You know, it's like it's a different. You know, it's not a matter of like, oh, I'll I'll send when I send when I put money when I send money uh, when I pay my. It's not a good example. You pay your taxes, right? It's not like symbolic. <laughs> you actually have to pay, and it actually has to. You have to. You have to fill out the form. The right forms have to be done. Everything has to be. Otherwise, it doesn't count. You can be held liable. Right, it's a very complicated thing. We don't. It's not. It's. It's not. We take it in a certain way. That's not the way it's always been taken. Actually, it's never been taken that way until very recently, until people who you know, we think we know better than ancient rishis and sages. You know, and maybe we do. Maybe the new age, the new period of time, the modern or the contemporary world, a lot of the old principles of how we separated, how we organize culture and religion and power structures and ritual, maybe they're obsolete. Maybe, right? But people like Anandamay Ma, who obviously were above it, right, right, still gave, still gave it full credit, right? When we, we would do the pujas for uh, Swami Lakshmanju's heaven, his Mahasamadhi heaven, right? I remember George, I mean, they would do weeks before, they're cleaning for weeks, 
right? He says that he got permission from the next, George would get permission from the next door neighbor to clean out their rain gutters. The next door neighbors, right? And, and, and then they go, they start at the end of the, of the lawn, they, they crawl along the grass looking for every, every piece of paper, every piece of plastic, removing it from the area. Right, you know, then they, I mean, we, 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 do, we also, actually partially inspired by him and them. During Navarat, we do so much extra cleaning. We clean, we wash the roof, we do like that. We don't go so far as to wash the neighbor's roof, right? <laughs> and also what they do, the, the wood, they, the wood they use for the heaven, they wash it and put it away, right? And when they do the heavens in Swami Lakshmi's ashram in, in Kashmir, uh, they 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 uh, they wouldn't do it the ashram they, for his for his guru for his master's mahasamadhi they'd rent a famous place nearby where people do these type of things right and they'd go a week beforehand and from one corner to the other and clean everything and then they had this huge um, uh, um, uh, like barn where they have the wood for hundreds of fire ceremonies for people using yakar and they'd take all that wood out wash it and put it back even though they only could use a handful a little bit of it. Right, to be so, and so it seems this is excessive. Maybe it's excessive, 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 right? But the idea is that like, who's coming? Right, it's like if your mom comes, you clean your apartment. I mean, that's that's just regular mom, or or, or your or friends from high school. They're gonna judge you, judgey friends. You cleaned your apartment. <laughs> what does it become? Like uh, gods and goddesses, rishis, devatas, right? And and uh, so we can't imagine what's actually happening. If you when we're chanting, we're doing when we're invoking. Mantras for Brahma and Indra and Shiva. What if they're coming? Right? Not just our idea of Brahma, Indra, and Shiva. That's our modern way. Oh, they represent this and they are that. that they do. They do. In symbolic level, they represent that. But maybe they're actually coming, and maybe they only actually come if things are set up properly. Right? Maybe they're the ones who said a long time ago how what, what's required for them to actually come. Maybe. Right? These are the things. So, uh, uh, um, and there's one. George told a beautiful story of what one of these occasions doing these big pujas for the uh, for the for the some election Jews. He, we just it was his birthday a few days ago, so we're remembering him. And we were there, so we were thinking uh, he's in our he's in my mind right now. But they, uh, George said that one day beforehand, you know, like the puja was supposed to start at such and such a time, you know, starts at noon or something, and then I may be getting the story a little bit wrong, but more or less the point could be made that some election said, oh, told the driver, oh, and we need to go early. Like two hours early. He says, why? No, 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 just go quickly. So he went, and Swami Lakshmi sat there at, at, in, in the yagya stall in where, where the puja is going to be done. Okay, let's go back. And they went back, and then they'd have breakfast, and eventually they came back into the pujas, right? But he says, why, why is it? He says, no, no, I knew that they were coming. Who was coming? Oh, you know, thousands of siddhas, like the 64 siddhas, and this, this, these different re- lines of rishis came to attend to bless, to bless uh, uh, the ceremony before we start. And I figured I should be here when they come. Right? So he had full faith. Maybe he felt them coming. He knew they were coming. Maybe he saw them coming. But they came because all that preparation was done. So all this preparation. So, so we, we may not be that. We try, we, I mean, we've been cleaning. Usha's been cleaning for, for week, oh, more than a week. We've all been cleaning to get this place ready for puja tomorrow. Right? Cleanliness, everything is shined. Everything's polished like that. But because who's coming? Right? What, 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 if, it, what if it's true? And what if these cosmic powers come, and if there's a mistake, it doesn't work, or they don't come, or they leave, or they, or if a mantra has a particular effect, what if it doesn't have that effect? It has the opposite effect. We, have to, we usually don't think this way because we take it lightly, or we take it deeply. Both, both are the, maybe the same thing. Right? But if we take it literally and seriously, maybe it does these things. We have to be really careful. So, 
ritual purity is maybe a different thing. And so she, I was like, oh, they were probably back to uh, Atmanan, Brahmacharini Atmanan. Uh, she was, you know, it's like, you know, you know, she's educated, right? She's more hygienic than these people that she sees in the dirty country, you know, and, and they're telling her, like, she steps into the kitchen, all the food has to be thrown away. Like, what type of thing? She gets all pissed off. And, you know, you can imagine she writes, we have her diary notes of those. So it's very interesting to see in real time, living with uh, a saint that's like, like God is herself and struggling with this type of stuff, right? It's very interesting to see her struggle. Right. Uh, and, and the struggle between the Western perspective on these things and ancient tradition. Right. And, and then uh, Ram Alexander, who is the editor of the book, wrote some very nice. Um, two important footnotes in, in, in her anti-purity <laughs> caste rules uh, ranting. Right. He wrote some very interesting footnotes about some of these type of things, about uh, how these rituals work and the science of it. It's interesting, very challenging and fascinating. So I would. Uh, Suggests that book to everybody. It's a beautiful book, very deep. But so in the daily puja, we're also doing new things. Like we've washed the floor, so now why do now we have to do more purification, right? There's that now we're we're sprinkling water. We wash the flowers. We sprinkle water, right? You know, so, so there's another set. So these are all types. There's a different the different level of purity, and Holy Mother made a comment: of purity and impurities in the mind. Thakur also said that, right? So that's also so maybe what we're doing is only changing the mind. We see it purely by, right, you know, by, by these ritual actions. We make some, we see something properly, and we think it's pure. Therefore, it's pure. That could be. That's I think at the highest spiritual level. But it could also maybe there's a subtle problem. Maybe there, maybe like uh, your clean flowers. Maybe they're not clean. Maybe somebody's looked at them with 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 a critical mind, drishti. Like oh, look at this so-called I remember one time we bought we I bought some um, uh, I bought a, uh, something at Mother's for puja, and I brought it to the counter and the person kind of looked at it and it was not what the person's personal diet was. Just, oh, and he made some comment, and, I'm, and I, so I, I took it back, got another thing, and went to another counter because like they've already they've already spoiled it. It's bad enough. Maybe it's bad that I bought that thing. It's necessary for puja, right? But now whatever it is, now they've they've icked it with their. I mean, what, you don't, why are you working here? You're gonna, you're gonna, they sell this here. What are you gonna? You know, like, if you're that, if you're that. But anyways, that that uh, and also it's not a proper way to treat customers. But anyways, that was meant for puja, and you you just gave drishti some negative idea towards it. So maybe maybe that maybe maybe flowers seen this way. Maybe, maybe there's some subtle impurity to be purified. We say, oh, they're beautiful and they smell nice, right? Do they? Are they? Well, we see they're beautiful. And the week what we smell, they smell nice. Maybe to a deva, they don't smell good, right? Maybe they need to be purified more, right? And the reason George was pure was cleaning the, the gutters. He says that the the sense of smell, the devas mentioned in the shastra, is ten thousand times greater than, than our sense of smell. Even a dog's sense of smell is like a hundred times more, right? They live in a world of smell. You know, we barely smell anything, right? But just think, right? So why will they come if it smells bad? One little bit of he says there's uh, raccoons and possums. Maybe there's there's drop uh, possum droppings in the in the uh, in the rain gutters. We see them running around, so they must be rotting. We have rat droppings. You know, you have to clean. You know, trying to clean these things like that. So those should be removed. We're inviting everything has to be so pure that these things. Why would they come? It's a, it is a, we think it's fine, right? One of the classic great moments of a, a great Swami Bodhicharananda moment. Right on the bridge, <laughs> I don't think I'd, but, uh, we were on the bridge at um, crossing the Ganga and Rishikesh, Ramjula, and some it was nasty, some uh, 
some some animal went to the bathroom something on the it was but but i mean there's there's this was bad it was very bad you know and 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 we drop you know you, you kind of have to walk around it's it's obvious everybody's walking around there's some mess in the middle of the road you know and it's covered in flies it's even better all right sorry this is small, please forgive me i'm talking about purity and look what i'm doing <laughs> for a point i'm your honor i'll make my point in a second <laughs> give me a little leeway <laughs> Uh, and and uh, so, uh, but and then Swami Bodhicharan looks at it, and he kind of looks at it in his very unique style. But he says, "They think that's nice, seeing these flies around that, oh. right?" And you know, that stuck in my mind because to a fly, that's very nice. But we're being so we're not that much better. I mean, we we, we our habits aren't that much better than flies, <laughs> the stuff we eat and touch and like that. But we're but we're walking around. And we're being so careful, right? So things that we think are gross, maybe they're not gross. That we think are nice. Other people might think they're more gross, right? You see, like, you know, it's like, you know, some, some, uh, 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 you know, I remember one time I had a little bit of a problem. I was on a bus. I needed to get something. I needed to use a restroom, like, going, and I'm like, the only restroom, public restroom is, like, at a jack-in-the-box near my aunt's house. And I'm, like, going, going, it's like, even to go to the bathroom, <laughs> you know, like, it's like, but other people, they're there to eat, yeah. right? And I, I'm worried about going to the bathroom there. Right, you see that I think they think, oh, this is great. I mean, that's a place to enjoy with your family. It's inexpensive food and things that you know. It's like, but your tendencies are different. You know, not not everything is for everybody. So things that we think are clean and and nice, fine, don't be so fanatical, right? It's not fanatical. Maybe it's not. Sometimes it's fanatical. Maybe it could. Be. We have to be. We have to be considered these things. But maybe it's real. Maybe there. Maybe not every. Not, maybe maybe the devas don't agree with our sense, our standards of purity and impurity, right? Uh, yeah, so you have to think, uh, uh, and maybe like these things. This is the way it works. This is the law, right? You know, so you can think, oh, I'm driving down the street, and you and you see a, a red light. Like, oh, why all these restrictions? They're, they're, this is fanatical. I'm just going to drive through. Or you can get. I mean, there's a problem is that yes, maybe it's restriction. Maybe that light shouldn't be there. Maybe we should vote to remove the light or whatever. You know, but it's the law. Right, that that's the thing. It's not a, it's not a matter. It's like it's you, you may think the law is wrong, but it's the law, right? You know, so it's, it, and 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 so some of these things, these are the principles that, that how puja works, right? Uh, at, at one level, this is a particular level in your own daily devotion, praying to Ma. That's not that's also puja, but we're talking we're we're trying to give descriptions of the ritual ritual habit ritual a, uh, actions and standards. So it's a uh, this is the way it works. This is the way it works. So the first is we did the removal of ghosts, right, or spirits. Now it's bhumishuddhi, it means purification of the earth. Now, Mother Earth, Mother Earth is always pure. That's one thing we have to understand, right? Buddhavi, we made foiled her, but she's herself pure, right? You know, uh, if she's if she's dirty, it's because something we did, right? <laughs> right. So and and therefore the dirt we put on her, the dirt, the dirt is. Well, anyway, you know what I mean. <laughs> the dirt is not dirty. Dirty is dirt is the earth. But you know what I mean. The earth is ever pure. But if you see what's something impure. Impure means pure. Yeah, water is always pure. Then you put something in it and mix it. At, and that means something that's not water is in water. That shouldn't be there. It makes it impure, right? So Buddha, Mother Earth is pure. But we put stuff that's not her, or not everything. You know, I'm, you know, my point I'm trying to make, and then make it make it impure. But so. So okay, we say that okay, we impure here. But our one thing, our attitude towards uh, Earth may be impure. And what is Earth? Actually, Earth is not just Buddhivi. Earth is also an element, right? Of the of the five elements: Earth, Fire, Water, Air, Ether, and the classical five elements in in Sankhya. 
five of the twenty-four. Um, uh, so the it's a tattva, right? That also has a correspondence. That tattva has a correspondence in the chakra in our in our astral subtle internal map that we use. Right? The chakra that as uh, a muladhara chakra, right? It's also the tattva of earth as one of the five elements, and and the chakra course. It's actually another way of saying earth uh, is material, right? So it's mater- material. The material world itself is is consciousness at its most at its at its most uh, at its most. It's the consciousness descends and, and through from infinite to all all the way down to finite. Finite, we call the earth element, right? So there's a lot of things that we have to think of. What we mean by, by purifying the earth is not just like, of course, we should purify. I mean, we can sit there, we, we sprinkle water and do these mantras, and yet we pollute and we throw our garbage outside, right? So like, so you could say, well, that's not purifying the earth, you know? Like it is, you know, that it is pure. That's that's wrong at a different at a different category. This is a different. This is a. a, a, a they were talking subtle things. So. In this practice, a simple, a very simple thing is that we take a little water, take a little of that holy water that we establish, right? And there's a mudra called uh, Go Yoni Mudra. Go Yoni means an, uh, uh, it's come, it's the, uh, it's the urine of a cow, right? So it, there's a muscle. I mean, we we all have this, but when a, a cow goes to the bathroom, it opens up a, a, a seal, you know, and that allows the urine just to pour down, right? So this is very deep because actually the cow. Is itself a symbol of the earth, as Mother Earth. She takes this form, right? Uh, and and we know all the products of a cow are considered pure and purifying. Even cow urine. Even I mean, this is maybe a little factoid. I know exactly scientifically, chemically exactly, but is that it, it? It's antiseptic. It's like Mr. Clean. It's cleaner. It's more antiseptic, Mr. Clean. Uh, so so actually, people people wash their floors with cow urine and cow stool. Right, you 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 clear you uh, you wipe the kitchen. This is a common thing in, in ancient times, even villages now. People w- w- they take cow uh, cow dung and, and wet it, and then and, and spread a layer of cow, cleaning your kitchen and spreading cow dung everywhere. So that's an interesting thing. <laughs> so think about it that that even like a rishi, right? A, a rishi's urine or or seems to be obsessed with this topic right now, but we'll get over it. <laughs> Sorry, Your Honor. Uh, <laughs> uh, even a rishi's urine or, or excrement is impure, right? Even a holy person, it will st- still it will breed disease. You have to clean, you have to flush it away and clean it like that. But a cow, right? Think about the purity of this animal. That even its urine is purifying even to humans, right? Or purifying to rishis, purifying to the gods. The, the, without the five products of a cow, the gods cannot be worshipped, so the scripture says. Right, so this is very interesting, you know. So it's like, so this why you like when we say the water going to mold Vishnu, Om Vishnu, we think it's a Ganga coming from Vishnu's feet. Therefore, by this mudra, we think it's a cow because actually, where a cow urines, it kills disease. It kills. So it's actually literally where where cows are, disease doesn't grow in the same way. I mean, I'm not make an argument against uh, uh, the way bacteria and things like that. In general, we, we think this is the case. Uh, um, so just like that, just like literally where a cow is and where a cow urinates, that the land becomes pure and holy. It's also considered holy because that's where cows are. But we should see how badly we treat cows. Like when we keep cows, it becomes, everything dies. We don't do it properly. 
right? But actually, where a cow, where cows and bulls are, everything nourishes, everything's pure. Pujas can be done, and everything's fertile. You know, this is exactly such a pure thing. But we do it in a way where, where we, we do something holy that should be holy, we make it poisonous, right? That's the mistake. But actually, where a cow is, everything becomes pure, right? And it's it's, it's urine purifies. It's cow dung um, uh, um, uh, uh, gives nutrients, you know, it's fertilizer and the like, right? It's milk and ghee is used for yagyas to feed the gods that bring rain. This is the ancient way of thinking, right? So this, um, this in, Go, in Goyoni Mudra, you take a little water, and then just like a cow urinate, you pour it on the ground in front of you, on the earth in front of you, right? With the mantra, Om Raksha Raksha Hum Pat Swaha, right? So, Raksha Raksha means protect, protect, raksha, raksha. So this actually where idea is we're purifying the earth, right? We're purifying the earth element with this, with this water, which is cow urine, right? And, but we're saying protect, oh, mother earth, protect, protect, or protect mother earth. Both meanings can be there and can be interpreted in both ways, right? Mother earth is our protection, but we also, we want, what it means, we want no, we want no negative, like we've chased away ghosts, we are, there's also energies and ener that that could eat, that come from the underworld, from our lower consciousness below the muladhara chakra, even subtle elemental spirits that are that are at a dense level and therefore below the earth element. So it's a way. It's also. It's like we we haven't done this yet. Where you lock the quarters, you're also locking the floor, right? You're locking the base. Like first thing we do, like like. Lock the basement. <laughs> you know, like for, so, you, so nothing comes from under, from underneath. That's another thing. We're purifying the earth. We're asking for protect, but we're also protecting. We're we're sealing also as long with that, right? We're actually sealing the, the the because one thing we have to think that in the chakra system we when we we have we usually think of the six chakras or seven chakras, but there's hundreds of chakras. Many go higher above. There's many in between the chakras we usually think about, about right? And but many go above into the heavenly realms and the higher states of aware that we can't even we only, we can't think of above the absolute our conception of the absolute. But I, I guarantee our conception of the absolute is not the absolute. There's many things higher than our conception, right? So who knows what it means? And there's things lower, right? So we, there's lower chakra. It says that to, to for us a human being our low chakra is muladhara chakra, right? Theoretically we started at, at the earthly level as as animals, and then ideally. We should be out, moving to the higher chakras, right? You know, as human behavior, and then maybe even godly behavior, godly realization. But to there may be a type of being, right? That in the, in the old world would be in, in other realms, in underworld realms. Right? We think, oh, hell's in the underworld, right? Hell's probably not under the earth, but in, in, in denser regions. With how we how it's you thought about that they they their higher chakras are our lowest chakras, right? And so, and whether they exist separately, that's just a belief, right? Maybe internally, psychologically, maybe there are things inside of us that look up, look up at, we look down at, at the earth, at our base, and they look up, right? That's their nature, right? And, and, and one of the qualities of the demonic consciousness that's in the scriptures and symbolically or actual is they reach up and, and, and steal. Their nature is to steal, right? And, and pull back down. Right, and you can, and whether there's demons in the underworld who are reaching up, grabbing our our our, our, our good qualities and, and stealing our spiritual wealth and pulling it back down, maybe, right, uh, um, could be, right, uh, but or or if it's but but if it's taken even psych psychologically, it's 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 significant. You know, we have parts of us that 
that are that we awake we have a certain divine energy and that divine energy is being worshipped in this puja and being used in this purification is all about we talked about kundalini and the like it's all about kundalini ultimately um, so this divine spark this divine consciousness divine energy this shakti this awareness uh, so we're trying to wake it up right as we wake it up there may be parts of us that oh, we can use that same fuel we're, we want it to, to lighten up the higher regions the higher parts of the mind they oh this is perfect look awesome grab it and run that we can do that we, we sabotage we can see even psychologically we can sabotage our spiritual realization we get a little spark of something and some some lower energy lust anger greed jealousy avarice confusion all these type of things come and grab it and like oh now now it, and it puffs it and it uses that energy rather than to illuminate the shishumna up to the sahasara it uses it to illuminate the, the ego or illuminate our delusion or self-delusion and pretty soon like i am the lord of everything i am god mm-hmm. I, 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 a new revelation for the world right you know the end of the world in two weeks you should sell your property you know, it's like you can you can start with these type of things. You, you, it, that maybe that same divine energy, some some internal spark, some internal thing. But now it's fueling some lower thing. So raksha raksha, but we seal it, protect from that, from those lower things, lower things within us. Maybe even lower things astrally, or energies and, and the subterranean astral realms could be. You know, we don't think this way usually, but uh, so raksha raksha hum patswaha. This mantra, I don't think we've used hum patswaha yet. The famous mantra. It's used a lot in purification, and whom these mantras they they don't have um uh, they have meaning, but they don't they're not they're not they're not a translatable term. It's not like that. Not, not the way a normal word is. They're they're uh, they're powerful sounds that do something, and so we mentioned last week I think about that uh, like when we go putt, and and uh, uh, that too, it's like a protective. It's a sharp. It's a masculine mantra, putt, right? Uh, it's, a sh- like, it's like the way hey, get rid of no, chasing away of an animal or something like that, right? Aggressive, sharp type of thing. Hum is the, called the kurcha bijam. Actually, generally we're speaking these a little bit because we're just saying the mantra. But generally, bij mantras they're not spoken unless they're used in puja, right? They're not. We don't like you know. Uh, so in the scriptures, they're given in code, right? It says kurcha bij like like there's a mantra for kali. There's this like this, this long mantra from power. It says the Kurcha Bija should be chanted twice. Then the Kama Bija should be chanted three times. Then the, uh, um, the Hileka Bija should be chanted two times. Then the Dakshina Kali in the vocative form, followed by, you know, it gives you, and I was like, why don't they just give the mantra? Because you don't give, you, people are initiated into the mantra. And then the mantra is not used in conversation, it's used in ritual speech acts, right? Because because they do something, right? Like if, uh, but I'm, I'm with, with Ma's forgiveness, I'm speaking these mantras a little, some of them, not all of them, but some of the mantras for the sake of clarification. So this humkara, the hum mantra, is called the kurcha bija mantra. That's, that's its code in the scriptures. The tantras, you say kurcha bija is this mantra. And there's in the hundred names of Kali, many names are describing that she is known by this kurcha bija. It's, it's one of Kali's mantras. But it's specifically of, uh, it's for Mahakala Bhairava. Bhairava is his mantra, the fiery mantra. When, when Shiva was meditating, and, and, and the gods needed to awaken him from his, med- his ascetic meditation and wanted to tempt him. And so we know that, what is it, um, Kamadev, right? Cupid, uh, not our little 
three Cupid, <laughs> the Hindu Cupid, something. <laughs> but anyway, uh, he he shoots his arrow, and and deep within his conscious, a little vritti of desire and lust awakens, and Shiva opens his eyes. Where's what's where's that coming from? Right, and he sees in front of him, hiding still the arrow, the smoke with the smoking bow, <laughs> like still buzzing bow, I guess the way you do it now, right? And he goes, and he goes, what is it? And he goes, whom? Right, and a flash of light comes from the third eye and burns Kamadev to ashes. And he goes, okay. That's the power of this mantra. It's a very fierce mantra. In the Chandi, when uh, the forces of Shumba, Nishum, I believe Shumba, or uh, um, the beginning story, I think it's with um, Mahishasuda, I think. When Mahishasuda's army first attacks, right, and Kali comes, and what does she go? She goes, whom? And hundreds of thousands of, of demons are destroyed. It's like, right now you can see, visualize it in modern movies, you know, the Avenger type movie, you know, <laughs> everybody goes flying, skyscrapers collapse, and all that, one of those type of I visualize it now, very nice. Right? Uh, uh, so, Ma, so it's also her mantra, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a Shakti mantra, but it's considered a very aggressive, fiery mantra, the mantra of fire. Right? And so in that story where Kamadev himself is destroyed. Kamadev ultimately is an internal quality of, our, of lust and desire and like this. Or a whole army is destroyed, right, of demons, which may also be, we interpret in the Chandi, we interpret these stories internally. Each demon represents something, or externally. But I just said it four or five times, right? Did anything happen? I don't know. Maybe, maybe tens of thousands of demons were just destroyed. Right, you know, I'm doing it for education. Maybe demons of not knowing what the mantra means are being destroyed. <laughs> right, but 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 in puja, maybe it does something. Right, and so and and, and we may not know what it does, but it's doing something. Right. Uh, one time, Holy Mother, somebody complained to Holy Mother, who is a disciple of Holy Mother. He says, "I'm chanting japa. I get no concentration. I get no feeling." And and because his idea is, after so many years of doing japa, you know, you think as you do japa, you get more concentration and more internal feeling. Right, as if the purpose of the mantra is to increase your concentration. No, we benefit by concentrating on the mantra. The mantra's job is to give us concentration. You can do that by doing almost anything, right? And she says, chant the mantra anyways. It's doing. You don't know what it's doing, right? It's, I didn't give it to you so you learn how to concentrate. I gave it to you. Who knows? I mean, I know she knows what it was doing, right? So these mantras are doing things even if we don't know what. Even if we don't know what they're doing, right? And sometimes we don't have much concentration. Right, but we have mantras, right? And so sometimes, sometimes the pujas go great, and you're really in the mood, and the bhava is and you're feeling everything, and you have, you know, and sometimes maybe your mind's totally distracted, right? And maybe, or you're you're not feeling anything, <laughs> whatever, or you're pissed off about something, who knows? We never like that. But still, next page, hum, you know, you just get because whatever my internal state, these mantras. Whether, if I, if I shoot you, sorry to use it, if I shoot you, <laughs> whether I shoot you with concentration or not, the, the, the shooting does something. The mantras do something, right? Better if I do it with great concentration. <laughs> sorry, not you personally. <laughs> right, you know, but, but this is the idea. The, the things, these things are, these things, and therefore, that's why we don't say these mantras cheaply, right? Because they're, they, they do something. And, we, and sometimes we don't know what they do. And therefore, if you don't know what something does, you shouldn't. If you're going to shoot anything, you better know what you're doing. 
you should even get to a gun before you know what you're doing. Be properly trained, you know, like this. And have a good reason for it. So a lot of people, we have these, people have these mantras. They don't know what they're doing. They're not trained in doing it. Nobody told them to do it. And they shouldn't do it. There's no, I mean, they're, they're playing, literally playing with fire. Right? Kurcha mantra is a mantra of fire. It burns. Right? And then, so, hum. Pat, pat protects. It's a sharp thing, right? And swaha, we mentioned last week, swaha nourishes. It's the Devi mantra. With the mantra of swaha, all the gods are satisfied. To think about it, all the, all the gods, I mean, if that's true, Sadhavadeva, all the gods, 33 million gods in the upper world, all the angels, archangels, the uh, um, apsaras and, and dakinis and yoginis, and you just keep going into all this world, they're all fed and nourished and satisfied with this mantra swaha. Right. Uh, so this is the big thing. So if you were to give a translation, there's no translation, intentional translation, like what, a meaning, a translation of what it does. I don't know if that's a thing. I don't know what the word for that is, but which is what I've tried to do. I've used uh, hum pat swaha as purify, which is that burn, right? To purify by purify by fire, you know, purify, protect pat and swaha, spiritualize. Right, to bring everything to its most pure state. So that's kind of the intention behind it, how it's used. Om Raksha, we take that water, Om Raksha Raksha Hung Patswaha. And then the earth is earth element, the earth is purified. So as part of that, or as a separate part, is the Asana Stapana. That's also in the in the small book. Asana Stapana it means the establishment of Stapana means it means to establish the seat. And this term, whenever in Sanskrit, this is a very one of the ways you can really hear how Sanskrit has how Sanskrit um, sounds are uh, how Sanskrit's put together by sound, by by root sounds, right? and how even our language, which is loosely, I mean, it's based upon Sanskrit. It's been a long time since art since between between Sanskrit and, and English. It's been a lot of been a lot of time and a lot of transformation, right? And a lot of other influence, but it is a direct line, right? And so we have that st sound has that's all through English that same sound. Stop, still, establish. You know, uh, stand, right? You know, a, a stand, understand. It is that stu, that stu is to, uh, I, mean, I keep saying, to, you know, to establish something. <laughs> the st, st, that, you know, that stu sound will be in everywhere, almost every, I, I, maybe I haven't, I haven't tried everything, but every time you hear, the word Stephen means to establish. That's where the word comes from, right? Even the, even the, even the English name, right? To hold, you know. Uh, so to put something is to establish it, or to still, still, to still something, right? Is uh, uh, it's called stapana. We plus like the we do uh, prana pratistana, right? We when the deity is awakened, uh, uh, it's the life establishing, right? Pratistana is is, is the divine divine part. When you it's called kalash stapana, the water pot in front of Mount, you establish the water pot. So this the sta is going to come, stapana is going to be repeated. So here is asana stapana. Asana means uh, 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 it's same thing. We, we, the word asana, the word as is there. You can guess what that might mean. It means to sit, right? So many of these things have come, right? <laughs> Maybe loosely. Uh, it means it means so asana means somebody. You tell somebody to take your seat, right? It means to sit down. I mean you because you, you use asana. So asana has many things. Asana means sitting, right? And it means where you sit, right? It also means your seat. You see the three differences. Where you sit, we're sitting. Where's your asana? We're sitting in Kalimandar, right? And I have a particular seat here, and you have a seat. Just a little thing, you know. We, we like, and you're sitting there. You're, 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 you've taken an asana. You've taken a posture. We usually use asana as a posture. Posture. 
It doesn't apostrophe means seat, right? Your your cities asana means to sit, right? Right. Then from that one posture, many postures can can come. We can sit or stand stand. Same stuff sound right. Sit or stand in in different ways, right? But that's we get this word. So asana is bo is is where you're sitting. That's part of the rakshadakshin parts of the the bumi puja, the bumi uh, uh, shudi. The, uh, uh, and it's then it's also the place you're sitting, like on the shrine or in your temple, like that. And it's your little cloth that you sit, your little carpet that you sit on. Rajrasana, that's like that. And it's you sitting. It's your seat as you sit there. Right? This is your asana stuff. And it means, you know, you know, a yoga teacher can correct your asana and get get the asana can establish your and purify your asana, you know, correct your posture. Get it right, get the, the right curvature, the whole thing. That's also asana purification of the seat or establishing the seat. I mean sit asana stapana could be sit properly. That right? could be asana stapana. Not just rakshirakun patsura and flowers, and maybe that's part of it. But it could also in your regular jo- in regular yoga, you sit, you know, put it back straight, right? Back straight, one away. That way you say, you know, that that that's almost sufficient. You know, sit properly, and you know, in the Gita it says when Lord Krishna says first he gives some instruction about the type of asana, right? And a place neither too high nor too low, that is clean and private and pleasant, right? Uh, uh, um, and then spreading a kusha grass and a deer skin and a cloth, one on top of another. So that's describing the place as asana, describing your seat, the cloth or the little seat that you sit on as asana. And then, then asana, how to sit, right? Sitting with the, with the neck, head, and, and, and back, head, and shoulder, and, and, and neck in a straight line, right? Then, 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 then internal, and then it goes into concentrating at the tip of the nose, you know, it goes that same instruction. He describes asana and all those, all those, uh, examples, right? Um, so asana means all those things. So uh, so in puja, what's our asana? Our asana is it primarily it's it's a purification of our little little carpet that we sit on. And you should never do puja. It's actually forbidden to do puja. It's a mistake in puja with not to sit on an asana, right? People just sit on the floor and put a cloth and sit on that cloth or on a mat, a carpet, or. A, even Holy Mother, one time, you know, like when she initiates somebody, she first they said, "Oh, put two mats down," and she said, "May both sit on the mat." Because to do such an auspicious religious act, not sitting in the proper asana, is considered incorrect. One time, it was, so the story goes, she was in a train station in Vishnupur, right, was not far from Jambati, uh, uh, and somebody sold you somebody she met somebody. I don't know if she knew that she was Ramakrishna's Krishna's uh, consort or just met her, and and or this person met met Holy Mother. And right at the train station, I'll initiate you. Right? Maybe they never met again. I don't know who the story goes. They said, fine, fine. And they went and picked some leaves and put the leaves down. And they sat on the leaves so you can initiate properly. There had to be some sort of an asana for, for, for puja. So, so in puja, we always have an asana. And there's many reasons for that. One is that it, it, it just delineates a pure space that's not just any place, right? It also acts as a, as a um, buffer. Right, you know, it's like if you're in a, if you have a dirty place, you put down a seat. You can sit down on a dirty place and still be clean, right? Uh, you'll see in in um. Uh, I remember. Uh, somebody gave us some uh, at Vaheguru Anachetra and and at at Kumbhala, The first time I met the guru of the Vaheguru group, they give lots of gifts to sadhus. So what's the gift? They give gifts that sadhus need, right? And so one of the things oh, they gave it, they, it was like a grass. It was it had plastic on one side. Like like a blue tarp material, and then like mat, like a grass mat on the other, 
That was very nice. This way you can sit on the grass and have it clean like that. Have one of us. Um, and so it's like, oh, I guess that's cool. I mean, I had my little yogi thing that I bought at Kampukur, those masanas that we use, right, for, for years, right? But then I went, we were, I was stuck at the, at the airport, not the airport, at the train station. And we're sitting for hours. The train's not just a little late, it's a day late. <laughs> but they don't tell you it's a day late, so you can go back to where you were. They tell you it's coming in an hour. They do that for a day. You know, one of those, but you can't just go back. That's the way it is. And, and, and at least it was probably still this way in many trains. Uh, and so it's like there's no place to sit. And the, there is a place to sit, but it's not a clean place to sit. So you can't sit there. And so you, if you sit on the floor, the floor is not a clean place at, some, at, at this particular uh, uh, train station. So I have an asana. They gave me something like that. And I put it down. And, and, and so I put it with the plastic part down, which touched the dirty part. And I saw the grass. And I sat there, put my bag, and I sat there. And I sat, and I sat there watching people sit, walk by and you know, read and get a cup of tea. And I was like, but even in a dirty place, I was clean. I was sitting in a clean place, in a dirty place. Right? That's also part of the, the science of having your And then we're also told... To have um, uh, to have your own asana, right? Ideally, people don't use other people's asanas, right? So why is that? Partially because it's believed that it, it takes on um, takes on the the vibration of your sadhana, right? It's imprinted with your sadhana. It's tuned to you, right? And where you do where you do sadhana, the place becomes. I remember Ayappa Swami, Swami Ayappa Giri. He told us many years ago, he says, when you do sadhana, one-third, whether it's mathematical like this, but I remember the point, one-third of your sadhana uh, goes, stays in the place where you did it. Right? One-third of your sadhana goes to those with whom you are related, connected. And one-third goes for your own uh, advancement. Right? So, so the, the people you connected are to your family, to your guru, to your disciples, to your, you know, things like that is connected. That's why it says if you attain enlightenment or liberation, you'll liberate generations, because people whom you're connected are, you know, front and back ten generations. Which ten? Interesting. We hear we talk. We were talking about this privately recently. Often you hear twenty-one generations, ten generations, ten generations, or you hear twenty-one generations. What's twenty-one generations? Ten generations back, ten generations forward, and you, twenty-one. That's why this number twenty-one generations. Like uh, Parshuram killed twenty-one generations. Of chatriyas, right, in the story, that's where that comes from. Past, present, and yourself, right? You're connected uh, very. Maybe more than that it depends. Some, some people could purify. I mean, we, in some religions, one person's liberation purifies everybody, right? I mean, it's fundamental. I mean, it, because he's connected. He's cosmic man. Jesus is a cosmic man. He he liberates everybody by his liberation. Maybe, you know, you can see that this principle of somebody's liberation, somebody's experience affect those to whom are connected maybe through faith and belief or maybe through initiation we believe that that what we do when the, the uh, our connection to a to a guru or a disciple there that that one person's good or bad behavior also affects right so uh, but also so you, it goes to yourself it goes to whom you're connected and intimately related and it also goes to the place where you where you are so the place becomes holy that's why your meditation room feels different and a temple feels way different because this is so many people have done sadhana here many people's prayers and japa and kirtan for years and years and years right not only malls here and like that but even just the ceremonies that it's the devotees that make uh, holy men holy women make a holy place holy right he, he said this many times right it's the it's the the bhaktas that make a place holy right their sadhana their their devotion 
right? Their practice. But how can you take your sadhana with you, right? Your asana is your sadhana. That, that is your seat, right? Your temple room is one thing. But where you sit, even in the temple room, you have to sit on a little seat to do your japa meditation, right? And when you go somewhere else, you can if you put your asana down, right? And, and wherever you are, you're in that same space. You're always in your... In, in, in your spiritually uh, vibed thing. And then there's a quality of, uh, Sami Shivananda talks, there's a quality of, of association. Right? So every time you sit on this, in the same place or in the same type of seat, you meditate. So pretty soon, just sitting there, it makes you want to meditate. Right? If uh, every time you hear, you know, like Pavlov's bell, every bell they hear, pretty soon the bell itself makes you hungry. Right? You know, dinner bells work that way. <laughs> We're so connected, so it's just seeing the class, sitting in the class, or having a special chudder or a, or a special cloth we use for puja, right? Immediately wearing that cloth puts you in that state. It connects you, a holy thing. We have vestments, special cloth we use in puja. Wearing that, we, we immediately in the vibration of puja. The cloth has only been used for puja, right? It has it's permeated mentally, it's connected, and maybe actually it's permeated with the the vibrations of it have changed, perhaps you know. Um, so that's another thing about the asana. So, so of course, your asana should be clean, right? Right. So, what does it mean to purify the asana? It's, a, it's another level of purification, right? And it's done the way it's usually. I think in the small book, what does it say? Or oh, I have five. Never mind. In the small book, touching your asana with your right hand, chant Om Hrim Adhara Shaktaye Kamalasanaya Namaha, and then there's a prayer. Om Privitaya Dritta Loka Devi Tvam Vishnadrita Tvamcha Dremam Nityam Pavitram Kurushasanam. So this is a simple, this has been simplified. The more elaborate way, this is with touching your, your seat. We worship the power that, that sustains, the sustain Adhara Shakti, the power that holds, and of course the earth is holding, holding us up. What holds everything up? There's a shakti that holds everything up. We talked about this last time that the earth element, right underneath the or in our body the muladhara, it's the earth element, right? Underneath the muladhara, there's a shakti. We call it kundalini, right? So the power that sustains everything that's worshipped in the seat in the earth element below the seat is the kundalini. So this is actually worship of kundalini, right? And in the more elaborate puja, actually we pull back the seat. We're digging. This is the same thing as digging into the digging a triangle into the earth. And sliding, we dig back the seat, and then with a, with with a water on our finger, we draw a triangle, circle, and a square, like we talked about this last time. That is the pit of Kundalini, and we offer a flower to that down deep. I mean, the problem is we don't know how to do that, but we can do it ritually. We pull back our seat, and then deep into the base of the earth, underneath everything, in the very core of our being, the base of our being, base of everything. Om Rim Arhara Shaktyadi Bhu Namaha. Om Rim Arhara. It's different than the small book. That's why. I combined two mantras for Om Hri Madhara Shakti Kamalasana We worship the power of the sustain Kamalasana in the lotus seat Kamala Asana So this is interesting So that's also a giveaway The seat The seat that we're worshipping the power of sustain is the lotus seat Right? That means a chakra Right? A, a, a padma We have Because we usually think We use the word in, in, in can't say in English In English we say chakra In American in American English, you know, we, we use that, that the, the, but actually they're described as chakra, but actually in the literature described as padmas, as lotuses or kamalas, you know, these lotus, these blooming lotuses like that. Chakra means a wheel of spinning energy, but then when they're visualized, they're visualized as, 
as geometric forms within blooming lotuses of different petals, right? So the four, the four, the four petals of the Muladhara chakra and the square shape. These are that's a foundation. It's a very our asanas are square, right? You know, if you build a building, the, the foundation is usually square. You know, it's it's a it's a, it's, a, it's it's the ground. The ground is uh, a table is safe on four legs or a, a strong base. So that's four. So the power is we were in the lotus seat means in Muladhara, which we've just the lo, this is our lotus seat. We've pulled it back and we're going underneath that, even if it's just withdrawing water and offering a flower. Right, it's going deep, deep, deep into. It. We're worshiping Kundalini herself. Om Hrim Hara Shakti Bhuvanamaha. This mantra Hrim, which is also not chanted out loud generally. Right. This is considered, in, um, this is uh, this is known as the Hrleka mantra. Hrleka, Hre Leka. Right. Uh, Hre means heart. Leka means line. To draw like a line, you know, like a, like like there's a uh, the term like that. Uh, uh, so it means the way it can be completely technically. One of the deep meanings it means is a scratch in the heart. Very interesting, very interesting image. There's a scratch in the heart itself, right? Why? What is that? We could always feel like there's some, if we think about it deep enough, and maybe we shouldn't, right? We're all a little brokenhearted, right? We're separated from the one, from the thing we really want and the one we really love. We don't know what that is yet. Maybe, maybe we do. Maybe we've consciously, maybe we're on a spiritual path because of that. Or maybe we're on a spiritual path to discover what is that, that scratch, that itch, that something unsatisfied within the heart, right? So that's one of the meanings of this mantra. It's also the, in Tantra, it's considered the union of Shiva and Shakti is, a month, is, is contained in this mantra. So when Shiva and Shakti unite, this, month, this is the sound, this is the sound that embodies that unite, union or, or leads to that union. So in the chakra, each element has its own mantra, bij mantra, right? Lam for the earth, mum for water, Ram for fire, hum for no, yum for air, hum for uh, um, uh, space or uh, akasha, right? Nareem is for the when when Kundalini reaches, joins with Shiva at the thousand petal. This is the sound. This is the mantra of that union. It's actually the top. This mantra in the body, the top is above the head, at the top of the head. This is the place of union, right? It's also in the Devi Bhagavatam. It says Devi herself says that. For Devi worship, it's equivalent to Om. Like every deity, we use Om for, for every deity, right? So just like Om is a universal mantra, it's not specific to particular, it's like Om, no, Om is, means Vishnu, not Shiva. You know, no, Om, Om is a universe, it means Brahman, it means consciousness, it means the absolute, it's the name of Vishnu, it's the name of Shiva. So we say Om Namo Shivai, Om Namo Narayan, Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevai, Om Sri Krishnaya Maha, Om Sri Durgaya Maha. Right, Om is, 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 is the essence of is, but that same beach mantra for Devi is Hrim. Right, that's a universal mantra for Hrim. In our hymns, Ramakrishna, Sri Ramakrishna, Swami Vivekananda wrote a hymn to Sri Ramakrishna, which we often do in the evening after Arati. And the first line, Om Hrim Ritam, Tvam Achalo. Right, you are, what are you? He says, Oh Ramakrishna. So this is like when we say, why, I mean, we have. We're all good, fanatical disciples of somebody, and you know we want to do worship and like that. But Sri Ramakrishna, Swami Vivekananda, he's making a universal hymn that's chanted. That you know, like he's not being, he's not just being a fanatical disciple of his guru, right? Creating oh, we need to, we need, we're doing the we 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 all do guru puja. We need what's the month we what hymn should we do for our guru? He's that's there are such 
mantras and people could do for their gurus, but that's not what this hymn is, right? So what what warrants him being on the in the center of the shrine, not even just being on, we always put pictures of our gurus on our shrine, but he is the shrine in many temples, right? Why? He is the object of the arati. Why? Right? He is Twam Achalo, you are the one indicated by Om, by Hrim, and by the word Ritam. Om, Hrim, Ritam. Very, very deep thing. It's not my topic, but it's a good topic. Om is the word for the universal Brahman. Hrim is the essence of the of the Devi herself. And Ritam, Ritam is we get the word Kaki get the word, we get the idea of Dharma or of Satya, truth or righteousness or or, or whatever you think you both of these words are hard to translate. They come from an earlier Vedic principle of rhythm. We get the word rhythm from it, right? Uh, 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 that's the closest we can get because it's. But so like dharma, dharma has all dharma means that which supports, and we, it has all kinds of translations of, of righteousness and duty and, and goodness and religion and and all. You know, there's all kinds of use of the word dharma, and satya means truth, existence, good, pure by uses all this other stuff. So, it, but all those, these are these are our theological. There's um, um, dharma is a, like a, soci, a social uh, interpretation of them, and satya is the um, satya satya is a uh, theological or philosophical tradition of them. Ritam is deeper than those. These are just in society we organize it by what's considered good and dharmic and religious, right? And philosophically, what is truth? I mean, it exists. It's existence. It's a. It's a thing itself. We. It's. It's. We can use these type of stuff. Ritam is more than that. Ritam is the expression of God's. The the reality's own expression, the way things are when, the way things actually are and the way they should be, right? Why is there anything instead of nothing? If there's anything instead of nothing, that's ritam. The way it is is ritam, right? That's also the truth, and being tuned to that is dharma. Right, or to live your life based upon his dharma. Right, it's a very deep thing. Right, so written, but it's something different. So sometimes, like uh, uh, somebody will say, "Don't um um uh 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 uh." uh. Like I, so many examples, I don't want to because these are because they get into very complicated social issues which I'm not equipped or have time to discuss. But there's many things in in, in Hindu culture like, well, you're supposed to do this, but not that. Why? So it's not a matter of good or bad. Not about social like that because it's written. Right? It's like there's a there's a there's a reason that, that life is doing something, right? It's it's and and and, and therefore God's doing something or the Devi's doing something, and 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 um, uh, the uh, real dharma and real philosophy, right? Dharma uh, is based up ultimately has rhythm as its goal. The problem we lose rhythm, then we end up with religions that are go against we can say against nature in a certain sense. Rhythm is also the flow of nature, and you get philosophical systems that lose way track of the reality. So they're so careful about the reality, they get so abstract that they're not real at all. They're purely conceptual. Ritam is the actual reality, right? The way that the actual flow of the world, the actual flow of our bodies and life and consciousness and evolution and all this is Ritam. I'm getting the talk is not on Ritam, but anyway, <laughs> the talk has to be done in a few minutes. Uh, uh, <laughs> the talk's on Harim. <laughs> Om Harim Ritam. So when we say to the Trakur, you are the one that's indicated by these three ancient words. Well, actually, it's actually it's one, it's also, uh, um, Swami Sridharananda has, I think, talked about this in the Ramakrishna mission. I think, where these three things, 
is you have the uh, ritam is a term of the Vedas, very old Vedic idea, old Vedas, right? Om is that's a name for the absolute, right? Om is is in 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 the Upanishads, right? Which are later texts. They're they're mystical texts, right? But they're later texts, the Upanishads and the Puranas, right? And Hrim is the highest, is the, is the supreme of the Tantras. So also by Om Hrim Ritam, he's covered the entire gamut of the sacred literature of all India. The, the, the top ideas of the sacred books and ideas and schools, that you are. Therefore, Om Hrim Ritam Chamachalo, and then we start Ramakrishna, the Bandhu. Where are we? So then, so uh, uh, um, then there's this mantra that. So that's one when we reach back, we draw that and offer a flower hand. So in the larger puja, it's actually Om Hrim Arhara Shaktyadi Bhyorma, Shaktyadi Bhyo, many more than one. So all the Shakti to sustain. So it's not just like when we think of Kundalini in our body, we have one. There's only one energy, that's Kula Kundalini, right? But a Kundalini, none of us knew what that is. We see, we know its influence by its, manif- its various manifestations, right? Like, for instance, in our body and in our consciousness, it's being manifested by prana, right? We, and it's hard to give exact definitions, but we can give a working definition of prana as the radiating energy of kundalini. That's one way you can think of it, right? It's not kundalini, but it's not not kundalini. It comes from kundalini, right? Uh, it's not kundalini itself. So a lot of people have these big, powerful experiences, and they come. I, they don't anymore because nobody likes my answers to most spiritual, personal, spiritual questions. But uh, <laughs> I don't blame. I don't like. I don't like giving them either. So don't. <laughs> I don't take it personally. <laughs> I've done it purposely this way, right? Uh, but most people are like, oh, I've had this tremendous experience, and, and Kundalini is coming up. It's giving me some stuff, and it's like, well, these are the symptoms of improper practice. That's what you know. People's spiritual experiences usually are the symptom of improper because it's not Kundalini. It's it's it, you're having pranic experiences, and prana is moving the wrong way, and therefore it's damaging you. And, and upsetting your consciousness and mind and emotions and like that, right? Kundalini doesn't have the, those. Those aren't those aren't the symptoms of Kundalini awakening, right? Uh, Swami Chaitananda, I remember there was a devotee who lived with him, a young monk, many many years ago. I don't even think I ever knew his name actually. I forgot, but many many years ago he was living. And one day in the middle of morning meditation, he starts shaking and and then lays down and starts shouting. And and Swamiji opens up and says, "What's the matter? My Kundalini is awakened." Divine Mother has revealed everything to me. You know, one of these type of stuff. He says, okay, then go to your room, lay down. So I mean, it's like, it's usually a thing, it's like, eat something, lay down, you know. And it's like, oh, great, here we go, right? <laughs> right? And at, by dinner, by, by breakfast time, he was like, oh, he's revealing, and I, 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 I've shown evidence of this, and now we know the truth of religion, and this stuff. It's just like, and, and then Swami says, no, how do you know you're, you're disturbed? No, you don't understand anything, right? And so one of the symptoms, he said, and then Swami Chaitanya, I remember what he said, I know the scriptures, I know the symptoms of Kundalini, one of which is not calling your guru a liar and a fool. That's not a symptom of Kundalini awakening, right? But then he had to fool him. Oh, you need, we need to take you, no, you, we take you to the hospital, you can prove, you can prove really that they got him admitted and calmed down, then he had to move out because he couldn't be a monk anymore, because he's now unpredictable and he had to get a job. <laughs> so I mean, you got him a job because he worked, you know, it's like, when he says, no, see, now he's a, he's a young boy working on hawk roofs, and before he was meditating all day, but he couldn't, couldn't handle it, couldn't digest it, and some. And the problem is that even a spiritual experience or some sort of pranic experience, is again, an ego, a, a demon grabs it. We talked to, back to our beginning of our talk, right? I look what I've realized, you know. It feeds the wrong thing. That's what we have to raksha raksha We have to clean everything internally and externally that this doesn't happen, right? 
So, um, uh, so there's many, so prana and, and there's not just one prana, prana is also, what, prana is, there's a cosmic prana only an enlightened yogi can see and feel, right? So prana we don't, kundalini we don't know anything about, and prana we don't know anything about. We know also prana by its manifestations. That we know the manifestation of prana, which is life, we know the, the thing of life because there's life, we, we know the evidence of, of, prana, of kundalini because prana, prana is life. Consciousness and life are expressions of prana. But we don't know, what does life mean? Right, you know, I mean, you can, you can dissect. You can see when something's alive or dead. What's the difference, right? Well, so then, then we know. Then we have the pancha prana, the five pranas, right? So prana is known by its five, five manifestations: prana, apana, samana, udana, vyana. Like that. we can go. We, did, we obviously didn't get to pranayama, but I, I have notes on that too. Ready for that? <laughs> I thought it. I foolishly thought I would be get to it. <laughs> Keep saying foolish, people are going to think I'm a fool. <laughs> I've done a lot of foolish, my big foolish thing. So, um, uh, so, 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 therefore, you see a very common thing. You see a snake, like outside. We have a but- our, our, uh, uh, around our shivalingam outside. We have this beautiful five-headed serpent, right? The serpent is kundalini, right? At the base of the spine, there is a, there's a shivalingam, right? Around that, there's a snake wrapped three and a half times with his head above, like this, with his tail in its mouth, right? But when we see it, we don't know what that is, right? Everybody. So what do we do? But we know we don't we we know its manifestation as the five pranas in our body, in breath, out breath, diffusing breath. You know, there's different things that that and and there's not only five pranas. There's ten pranas, and not only ten pranas. There's thousands of pranas, right? We'll go with them. I have my my list of not all thousands of them, but I know the numbers <laughs> at least and the names of a lot of the important ones. You know, and their functions, right? So even when we worship the snake, we usually worship it with five heads. Right, because these are the five ways that we know, in our own body and in everything. Everything is growing, it's decomposing. It's, it's rising, it's falling, it's growing up, it's growing old, it's decomposing. It's all this doing all these different. It's spreading, it's collapsing. There's all these shaktis. This is our, this is our the, the world we see. So these are the five heads. But the real snake is not known as Ananta Shesha. He has thousands of heads, and Ananta is symbolic. I mean, to say a thousand means infinite, right? Ananta actually is not a thousand. Ananta means without end. We say, but usually we translate Ananta Shesha the thousand, because there's also names like that also, right? But um, so even the thousand petal lotus, not a thousand, right? That's a nice symbolic symbolic number. It means it's 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 the infinite. You can't say the infinite has a thousand of anything. You can't you you can't apply a number to describe the qualities of it. An infinite has a thousand qualities or a thousand. Obviously, the thousand means infinite. It's just a really big number, you know. So uh, so. Um, uh, I to mention all, the, all this. Anyways, it's uh, uh, so oh, oh, the shakti adi the shakti So in a larger puja, let's say Dur- Durga puja, one of these big big pujas we do, then more mantras are done here. Well, along with this, now some some of those some of those shaktis are named. One of which is Prithvi, the Earth Goddess, right? Uh, uh, Mother Mother Earth itself, the the, the planet Earth, that, the, the, and, the, and the Devi that that personifies it. Then there's um, uh, uh, kurma. Kurma is the tortoise that holds up the earth, right? Not justifying the flat earth theory with tortoises <laughs> all the way down, right? It, the, but it's, this is the thing that holds up. Also, it's 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 a very deep thing. And in the story of the turning of the ocean, where the corn avatar came, we'll go into that when we get when it gets an appropriate part of the discussion. Uh, 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 then there's um, uh, um, uh, I'm forgetting. I don't have the book in front of me. The, the, the pranas, 
Antishesha. There's some, I'm forgetting, but there's a whole bunch. All these, there's many shaktis that are considered to hold up uh, the thing. And then there's mantra Om. And then then there's a Vini Yoga mantra. This is the first time we want to finish. We have to finish at least uh, the earth. We have to, uh, the Vini Yoga mantra. So there's a mantra in the small book. There's a there's a prayer to the earth. Om Pritvitraya In the more elaborate puja, there's a Vini Yoga mantra is chanted first. And a Vini Yoga mantra. Vinyoga means something's use or its application, what it's what it's for, the purpose of it, right? And so certain practices and certain mantras come with a uh, uh, instruction manual, not or uh, has comes with a label, right? You know, you look at you get something and you want to look see somebody in the box of macaroni. You look at the thing, it's like you look at the label, give some details, right? There's some legal things they have to put there, calories, uh, uh, ingredients. Uh, maybe in some countries, whether it's GMO or not, you know, you get to know all these details, right? Where it's, what country it's made in, you know, <laughs> what company is producing it. You have to, some of these things, some people may, oh, it says non-GMO, it says organic, but it's it's done by a weird company I don't trust. I want, you know, you, you know you, you, the way we kind of, we know something by its label in a certain sense, right? Labeling is probably important. So Vini Yoga in a certain sense could be considered a label or instruction manual of a thing. Om Asya Asano Pavishana Mantrasya for the mantra of establish, for establishing the seat. It starts, right? So what what's this? This is the top of the label. This mantra for for the mantra, and that's the next mantra, the Privitra, the one that's in the small puja book. For that mantra, for purifying the seat, Meru Prishta Rishihi. There there's different things there's a, that are listed. One is the Rishi. Rishi means sage. The rishi of a mantra of a practice is the rishi, the sage who first heard the mantra. The, the rishi who revealed the practice, where from whom it comes down. The person who heard the mantra and therefore first spoke the mantra, and or, or like this. And then there is a chandaha. Chandana means the meter. Meter is how many syllables per line. Like Gayatri means twenty-four syllables, right? Uh, uh, uh. So uh, that's one of the meters, right? There's different meters. I think there's like 37 important meters and many more probably meters. In most pujas, there's like six or seven. You won't get past more than six or seven meters in most Vedic mantras and puja mantras. There's a devata, the deity of a mantra, right? So like for a mantra, like for the month for a Kali mantra, most likely the devata is Kali, right? That's a sign, the, the, the natural for the deity, right? And there's a uh, um, uh, shakti, there's uh, a bija, a seed. There's a kilakam. There's a pin. There's all these different things. We, this mantra doesn't have it. So, and when we get in a few pages, there'll be mantras that have those other details. Then we'll talk about those other details. Here it simply says meru prishtarishihi, suttalam chandaha, and kurmo devata. Right. So it just mentions the rishi, the meter, and the the deity. The meru prishtarishihi. This is the Rishi. Now the Rishi is not like Markadeya Rishi, or Gautama Rishi, or something, or Narada Rishi. Sometimes it's those. This one it's a little more abstract. Mount Meru is the Rishi, right? The Mount Kailash itself, the central mountain, worshipped as Kailash, or the central mountain of the universe. In our body, it's our spine is Mount Meru. We have called the Meru Danda is the spinal cord, right? And so there's the Meru Danda itself is the Rishi. That means the, the Rishi who gave this mantra. Is the spine itself interesting? Right, you can go and imagine what that means, right? Sutalang Chan, forgive me, I don't remember what Sutalang means. It's like 32 syllables or 30, I forget exactly. And and Kurma Devata, Kurma is that the, the tortoise that holds up the earth. 
right? Korma is a devata. Asana Pavishra Viniyoga, and its purpose, its Viniyoga, is to purify the seat, the asana, by all those five different definitions of asana, right? Then, then the mantra itself. Om Privitraya Dittaloka Devi Tvam. O Prithvi, O Mother Earth. It's a beautiful name. The, the Vedas have these two. There's Budevi and Prithvi Devi. These are the common names of the earth, of the earth goddess. Prithvi comes because there was an ancient king mentioned in the Bhagavatam called Prithu Maharaj. And Prithu Maharaj, there was a time, the earth, the, divine, the rhythm of the world is that the earth produces bounty. Right? And the creatures of the earth take that bounty properly, according to rhythm, and also give back to it. You know, uh, the, 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 the nature gives the plant, an animal eats the plant. That plant, then that animal goes to the bathroom, nourishes the plant. That's the way it spreads its seeds. You know, that's the way, that's, that's called the rhythm, right? But that can be broke. We can live a dharmic, we, we're the only ones that live out of harmony, can live out of harmony with nature, right? That's most things, something, but most things don't live out of harmony. By the definition of something is nature, is that it's doing what it's supposed, it's doing its own thing. A dog is being a dog, a plant's being a plant. People cannot be can be not people. That's the problem. People are, are, have an unusual freedom to, to do horrible or wonderful things. We can break nature, both good or bad, go beyond nature or, or pervert nature, pollute nature. So in the ancient stories, Prithi, Prith, uh, Earth, human beings, and all everything was, was so bad. This is, this is considered the beginning of culture. This is a transition, uh, um, sociologically or anthropologically, of the hunting gathering societies to the farming and agricultural societies, right? But things were going so it wasn't going well, and the earth stopped, closed up, shops closed, nothing for me. No, she all the seeds people planted, they she held. All the springs people were looking for water, she closed. She's like, no, no, you guys are going to do what you're doing. You're doing, you're doing, you're taking too much. You're doing it wrong, and who knows? And you're using it for for all dharma rather than dharma, right? Closed everything. A very powerful image. Right, and so Prit, Prithu Maharaj fought the earth, and what happened? He chased the earth. He goes, "What? Well, we have to I have to save my people." He's the first like city-state king, right? I have to save my, I have my responsibility. And he go, and she took on the form of a cow. That's her first time she took on the form of the cow and ran. And he chased her, right? And finally, they caught up with her and, just, and says, "No, no, you have to let me catch you." He says, "No, but you're not." And so they have a discussion about these very points, and then she made an agreement. No, no, okay. The rhythm, my rhythm has, I, I cannot hold back the thing. But you have to do, a, you have to be a little more responsible. Even though now you have a new society, it can't be done without any rules, right? So she gave some, she, the, that's the domestic, the first beginning of the, the story is the domestication of the earth, right? Of nature, right? It, hopefully, respectfully, not always respectfully, obviously. So that's, so that's where her prithu comes. So, oh, goddess, prit, oh, prithi, goddess. Drita Loka Devi Tvam, you hold us all. Oh Mother, you're holding. It's a beautiful idea that Mother Earth is holding us. Just to be conscious that we're on her body, right, right. You and you are held, Devi Tvam, Vishnu Drita, and you are held by Vishnu, right. You hold us, and you and you are held by Vishnu, right. There's a story when when Hiranyaksha stole Vishnu, stole the Earth, and plunged into the bottom of the causal ocean, into the underworld. Right then, Vishnu had to take a form of a, of a uh, boar, Varaha avatar, and he went and killed Hiranyaksha, and took up Vishnu on his, took up Devi uh, Earth on his tusk, and put her back in her proper place. So that's the story goes, right? But there's a story that so that that's a she were held by that's a story where he's held by Vishnu, 
Devi is held. That, that's a mythological story of how the Devi is held by Ishu. We have that even in our thing. Where it, it, uh, that and, and and during that, Goddess uh, Vish, Vishnu says, uh, she says to to Vishnu, Ah, you are carrying me like you did before. That means in every age this this leela happens. Again, some demon steals. Again, he takes his form and carries. But because of that, he became the husband of the earth, right? Because it says in I think times have changed, right? But in traditional cultures, only a husband would carry. The only man who would carry a woman is the husband. And even we have a little bit of symbol of that, where even in modern weddings, maybe not modern, but where at the end of the wedding, when you come home, the, the husband will carry the woman over the threshold, right? That's like Lakshmi entering the houses. I mean, it's, it's a complicated thing, but that, that's uh, the idea of carrying is that... so. So you are held, you are married to Vishnu. Vishnu is your protector. Vishnu is your, and you are supported by him. So by us honoring you who hold us, we're also honoring Vishnu who holds you. Vishnu also means, comes from the word Vishnu, which means consciousness, all pervading, right? So this is another reference in a in a Vishnu story of Kundalini. Vishnu means all pervading consciousness. There's an all pervading infinite consciousness in which something. Imagine something floating in an ocean. Right, that's also being held. Something floating in the ocean is being held by the ocean, right? So even the thing that's holding, we worship you. You're infinite. For us, you're our foundation, but the thing that holds you is infinite, right? You're in you're in, in, in internal in, in absolute consciousness. That consciousness we worship in this practice is Kundalini at the base of the spine. That's that little flower. That little flower has a lot of meaning. That's what we're worshiping, right? Tamcha uh, dhramam uh, nityam. Pavitram Kurushasanam. Uh, you please, Mother Earth, you hold us, you support us, right? And uh, and um, uh, and make our seat pure. Seat, and again, make your asana pure. What's the asana? Uh, uh, cha asana. The place, the planet, material nature, our body, our muladhara chakra, our little seat. The place we're doing, put all those different things, our our posture, all these things that that asana mean. Oh, Mother Earth! By the and think about it, what makes it pure. We've taken our bath, we've washed everything, we sprinkled every everything's clean as it's clean as going to get, right? But just think that one thought. Oh, Mother Earth, you hold us all. You are held by the by infinite awareness consciousness that, that exists. You hold us. You just putting your mind on that itself is very. It purifies everything. It purifies the seat. Purify and also purify the seat means. Liberate us from the seat, right? You know, we're, we're, right now we're bound to to, to to matter. We want to be liberated from matter, right? Um, if we have the proper attitude towards towards matter, we're free from matter. So right now we're we're this is real. This is us. This is me. This is mine, right? So what type of spiritual progress can that repetition, that consciousness do? This beginning to change that, like that itself is. The waking of Kundalini, the awake, the spreading of consciousness, the, all the things that, that uh, the churning of the ocean that happens on top of this karma, all this happens from there. So, Om um, Prithvi Tvaya Drita Loka Devi Tvamishra Drita Tvamcha Dremam Nitam Pavitram Kurushashanam. And then on top of the whole thing, on top of your asana, because now you've gone deep, now you're going above it. Now to the you also draw again that with a drop of water, this triangle, circle, and square, and again offer a flower. Uh, we worship that power in the lotus seat. Now you've established the lotus seat. We know what that means, right? 
So we worship power. And then in more elaborate pujas, there's more things that can be done. Then there's yogasana. This is the seed of yoga. The siddhasana, the seed of perfection. There's um, uh, um, uh, uh, shudasana, this pure seed. In Kali Puja, there's another one. Om, uh, uh, what is it? The Mahapreta, 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 Shava Shiva Mahapreta Sanayana Maha, something like that. No, that's right. We worship Sada Shiva, right? In on the on 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 this on this dead on this seat of a dead body, right? This is actually what you see here. Ma stands on Shiva on Sada Shiva, but this is not the full picture. Really, Ma stands on Sada Shiva, and Sada Shiva lays on another Shiva called uh, called uh, um, um, Shav, oh, called Shava Shiva, right? Shiva as 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 a dead as a, as a corpse, right? Now we've gone in a talk on the on the thousand names of Kali. We've talked a lot about she who sits on a corpse. We gave a, an hour and a half talk on just that. You can listen to that's an important topic. I can't go into it, but a simple thing is what's the what's what's the asana that if this, if Sada Shiva, which is in our in our uh, in in tantric imagery, Sada Shiva lives here, right? Devi. Stays at the base of the spine under Muladhara. That's who we're worshiping. Sada Shiva, the infinite Lord, lives in on top of the of, of the Smeru mountain, right? And the goal is that she will come and unite with him, right? If that happens, if she who's underneath us joins with he who's above us, then what are they sitting on? Us. They're sitting on this body. When prana moves up such a way, then we're lost in that infinite consciousness, right? then this body itself becomes a dead the seat, a dead body without awareness, which is what it is. So exactly that's it's not given it's not in the little book, but it's in, in the uh um, um Sada Shiva Mahapreta Padmasanayanamaha. In the, we worship Sada Shiva on the dead body on the lotus seat. A very deep thing. With that we'll end. I didn't get to anywhere near what I wanted, but I think we did interesting topics. Thank you for your kind attention. Sorry there's no time for questions because we're three minutes late for RIT. Jai Makali. Put it on, when you say it, it says, say it. Is it keep sometimes?